The Illuminantes are at the center of gossip when it comes to the MCU, so I decided to ask one of them, what's it like to be part of the Illuminantes, and what's it like to be part of the MCU? A very special interview with Anjali Bamani of Miss Marvel is coming up right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. If we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. I'm like this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Harvey Larry batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth! Mysterio is the truth! Boom. You looking for this? What is up, what is up, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi. Today on the podcast, I have a, a very, very special episode in store for all of you, because not only is it the first episode of a, of a Friday-only release schedule, and not only is it the first episode of the pod where I will be not covering or reviewing the latest Marvel episode or movie, so I will not be talking about Miss Marvel episode four today because I have something else uh, that I that I want to share, something else in store that I think is better than a classic review of the latest episode, and that is an interview with an actor from the show itself. I'm super stoked because it is my first interview of anybody in the MCU. I've talked to uh, Eric Martin here on the pod before, writer of Loki season one. I've talked to Eric Littman just a couple of weeks ago, an editor from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I've never talked to anybody that's acted within the MCU. So here is the first, and I am very excited to share it all with you. I got to interview Anjali Bimani of Miss Marvel. She plays Auntie Ruby, and she has just been absolutely amazing on this show so far. I got to talk to her about what it's like to be in the MCU, what happens on the set of Miss Marvel when the cameras stop rolling, and what it means to be part of a project that is so inclusive and representative, among many, many other things. Anjali was so wonderful to talk to. I'm going to share my interview with her right now for all of you. So enjoy this interview with Anjali Bamani of Miss Marvel, who plays Auntie Ruby. Today on the podcast, I have a super special guest joining me. Anjali Bamani of Miss Marvel is here to chat. Anjali, how are you doing today? I'm freaking great. How are you? <laughs> I am doing super well uh, as well. This is super exciting to talk about Miss Marvel. Uh, I, you are essentially the first Marvel uh, cast actor that I've ever had on my podcast. So oh, you, wow. you win that award. How exciting. That is an honor. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your excellent taste. No, <laughs> um, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Yeah. I'm very excited to, to, uh, to talk to you. So um, we'll just dive right in. Miss Marvel is is halfway through right now on Disney Plus. We've got three episodes done, three episodes to go. Uh, you play Auntie Ruby, and I have to start out by asking what it feels like to be part of such a, a large section of entertainment culture. I know that you are in other projects like Overwatch and things like that, but nothing quite as big as Marvel. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, it's in Incredible. It's absolutely incredible to be a part of anything that that Marvel does. But specifically, this particular piece is is very dear to my heart, um, largely because of the character herself, because of Ms. Marvel herself, um, and because of because of the fact that this superhero story is also a very human story. Um, you know, we're not spending the whole show fighting with aliens or giant battles. There's actually a lot of very personal and a lot of very intimate things that go on in this character's life leading up to her stepping into her power. And so being a part of a story that is that that 
interestingly woven and is and then and it is developing over time is really really a lovely thing um i've always loved i've always loved superhero stories and, and thought of them as our modern day mythology and to me this is sort of like watching watching a hero grow up you know, it would be like watching Hercules grow up or watching, you know, all of those characters grow up from all of the, all of the uh, ancient poems that we've read all these years. Now we have this, now we have Ms. Marvel. So it's, it's pretty spectacular. I cannot, I cannot say enough how happy I am to be a part of it. I love that you mentioned uh, how, how kind of unique and different Ms. Marvel is because every single week that we get a new episode, I know me personally, I realize this story and this show uh, has has heart really at the core of it. And it's truly different from any other MCU project that we've gotten so far. Um, and, it's, and it's told in a very passionate way. Does that extend kind of beyond the screen as well? So what, what's it like off, ca or off camera with the cast and, and kind of the production of the whole show? It absolutely extends off, the, off camera and, and expense, extended well past our period of shooting. Um, you know, when we were there on set, there was definitely a palpable feeling of excitement and camaraderie because I think everyone who was there had a personal connection to this story one way or the other, whether it was that they just read Marvel, whether it was that it was about their cultural community or about their religious community, or it was just a coming of age story and it was about being a teenager and we have so many wonderful young people on the show. Um, everybody had a personal investment in in telling this story in the most thoughtful, in the most sensitive and, and in the most authentic way as, as possible. So that definitely, that permeated the set every single day from the first person you saw on set to the last person at night when you would go home. And it definitely extends uh, to the cast and the crew and the creative team afterwards. You know, these, our leads, these kids who, who have come together for this, for the, they're all best friends now, they're all, you know, hanging out all the time. It's so lovely to see. It's so lovely to hang out with them and and hear how exciting they how excited they are to be a part of this. So, yeah, it's absolutely what you see on screen definitely translates into life. And I think that that is also largely a factor of there wasn't any one big name on mm -hmm. this show. Everybody came to this with a with a relative baseline of of notoriety, but the talent levels were through the roof. You know, Iman Delani is extraordinary, could not be a person, there's no other person alive who is more qualified to play Ms. Marvel than her. And so with her as our number one, being for the first time on a set like this in a show, being the number one on the call sheet, um, I think that sort of set the scene for everybody to come being on this same level, everybody to step in and be like, okay, this is our story. There's no one big star, even though it's obviously about Ms. Marvel. We're all here to tell the same story with the same amount of energy and the same amount of commitment. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been very special to feel the ensemble nature of this carry well past the point of wrapping. That absolutely makes sense. And, and I think it's something that you can just see on screen. And that's why I, I'm uh, enjoying the show as much as I am is because you can tell um, especially in, in last week's episode, um, you kind of get to be part of this um, really intricate and interesting scene where Aman Vellani kind of does this dance number through her home and you get to talk to her and stuff. Um, that was really cool. And that's actually my, my favorite scene of the, the show so far. I think it's um, told really unique and it's a great insight into her as a character. Um, what was that like being on that scene and, and shooting something that 
kind of is more of a one shot and very flowing and very um, energetic. I mean, I was just writing about this just not minutes ago that that was easily one of my favorite scenes I've ever shot. Um, and it was a, obviously it was a series of scenes and there's a mm. bunch of stuff that happens in that location that I don't want to spoil for anyone because it's a big, it's a big event. Um, I can, I can say it's a wedding and that's yeah. a, every, it almost feels like every South Asian story, one way or another, we're going to end up at a wedding because weddings are a big thing, not just because of, you know, the, the, the concept of marriage in a South Asian community, but because it's such a, it's such a celebratory thing. It's such a community and family oriented thing. Aunties and uncles know how to party just like the young kids do. Um, it's really, really, it's, it's just really this, this, it, it just holds things aloft. It's very upbeat and up and exciting. And uh, so it was just, it was fantastic to shoot that scene. I have so many fond memories of uh, of all the little parts that we shot at that scene, because obviously it's a big it's a big scene. Yeah. Um, and I love doing the dance. I mean, the dance was just so, so, so fun. Yeah, the dance was really, really cool and uh, and was really something fun to watch. So Miss Marvel has officially cemented itself within uh, cinema history. Uh, you know, some of the greatest movies of all time focus on a wedding. And so here we are, Miss Marvel as well, uh, right up there with some of the greats. Um, you mentioned everybody's a, a family and everybody you know, kind of has this feeling of heart and passion uh, that goes well beyond the camera. Ms. Marvel is also paving the way for the MCU in terms of, of representation as well. So I'm curious from your perspective, how important is it to be part of a project that stands for so much uh, more representation within comic book movies and television and really pushing that kind of uh, storytelling forward? Yeah, I mean, in terms of importance, I don't think that it can be stressed enough how important it is that people feel not just represented in stories, but included in stories. Because it's one thing to see, you know, one of each of something, like Noah's Ark or something, well, that would be two of each of something. But it's one thing to see, you know, it's one thing to see a bunch of different people on screen that represent a certain set, of, a certain demographic, but it's a whole other thing for you to be invited into the story in a way that says, oh yeah, that's that's like my life. Oh yeah, that's that's whether it is because of your cultural background, your religious background, your gender preference, your you know whatever orientation, whatever it is, it's um it's the way we connect with stories. We don't connect with stories by telling them to people and then not engaging. We connect with people with stories because they see real life in the story. The teenagers can see the coming of age experience that they are having. The parents can see the experience that they might be having raising their kids. Um, the, the, there, we deal with interracial marriage. We deal with all sorts of different things that exist in the world. And people can look at and be like, yeah, this is, they're showing my life on screen in a completely normal way. And it's so, I don't wanna say unusual, but it is so unique. It is so uniquely told in this show. And I think, uh, I, like I said, I cannot stress enough the importance both as a storyteller and as someone who shares a similar cultural background to, to the characters on this show. Um, it's, it's, it means the world. It means the world to be seen and to feel yourself on screen. Um, it's, it's very, very special. Yeah, that's uh, truly incredible. And, and I think another reason I like this show so much is it continues to teach me so much about like the Pakistani culture and, and everything that uh, surrounds Kamala Khan, because um, I, I did not grow up with comics. I didn't read Kamala Khan's story in the comics. This is my first introduction to her and her world. And so uh, it's, it's super exciting to kind of get all of these different 
uh, stories being told from every facet of her life. And um, I myself am a, a father of two small girls. So seeing her parents and how they interact with her, uh, even though I don't share the same cultural background, um, there is that kind of connection in raising a teenage girl um, that I'll have to prepare for one day, right? Yeah, and and th- this is what I'm, this is what I mean when people feel included. It's mm-hmm. not just the show is not only for Pakistani Muslims who are in living in New Jersey and whatever. No, 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 no. Of course not. It is a universal story with characters that are just like all of us walking through their lives. And again, when you see a family like this family who maybe looks the way they look or sound the way they sound, but are also just like Mm -hmm. you, even though you don't necessarily share the same background, that is including everyone. You are including people of all ethnic backgrounds and saying, hey, come come hang out with us. We're really fun. And these things in our culture exist as well, and we'll teach you about them, but they are not the story. They are the tapestry upon which this is told. They They are the foundation that we have laid, we've set the scene, but the story itself lays on top of that. And I think that is um, that is another reason I find this to be very unique is it's not necessarily about teaching people, but it will teach people about this because there's interest because the story matters so much and the story is so engaging. Right, yeah, that's, uh, couldn't have said it better. That is really awesome. Um, now, in the show, you are a part of uh, the group of aunties. You all gossip about all kinds of things. So I've got to ask from, a, from an MCU perspective, do the aunties know what, what happened in Spider-Man No Way Home? Do they know that three Spider-Men exist? What, what do you get up to? What do you gossip about the most? I mean, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you because, you know, we have like a secret society. Of deal. Them. You're right. No. <laughs> I think a lot of it's on a need-to-know basis. Maybe some of them know. Maybe no. I, I can neither confirm nor deny the allegations. Um, uh, no, the I, I love so much the character, the, the sort of the the broader character of the aunties in this show, and that they're the Illuminantes because they know everything that's going on. Because um, aunties and uncles are very much a part of of our culture, and very much, and yet, the, again, what I love so much about this show is that uh, they are not stereotypically represented here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are certain things that are the same, but so many things that are unique. And uh, it's just, it's, <laughs> they're loads of fun. Auntie Ruby <laughs> makes me very happy. I'm, I'm saying we got to get that Illuminati uh, spinoff series real quick. You got to talk to I Kevin mean, Feige. I am not mad at it. You know, I think it's a great idea. Let's talk to Kevin Feige and see what he says. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's floated out the idea. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun watching you all uh, <laughs> gossip about it all. Uh, Miss Marvel has the powers. You don't have any powers in this show, but if you did, if you existed in the Marvel universe and you could maybe choose your power, is there a power that you'd like to have? Well, I, Anjali, have always wanted to have the power of teleportation. Great, uh, me I, too. I could get so much done. I could see all my friends. I could do all the work. I could not worry about traffic. I could, I could get 10 times more things done in a day uh, than I can get now. I feel like, though, you know... Auntie Ruby would probably want something more like super hearing, something that made her a little bit better, you know, being able to walk through walls or something that made it a little bit easier for her to get the dirt, to get the scoop on things. Um, Because, you know, she she wants to sort of be the newscaster for her community. (laughs) She wants to be the person who's like, I got the scoop. 
know, mm-hmm. Super yep. Ruby here. I'm ready to go. <laughs> she can't lose that throne in the Illuminati. She gotta you gotta know, take the powers. She works hard. She takes it very seriously. She takes it to heart. She, I, I think she sees it as a responsibility. So oh, yeah, I suspect, sure. I suspect that Auntie Ruby would want something a little bit more like, although teleportation, you could teleport into rooms and behind things. So yeah. I think it works for both. Yeah. I think we just take take both powers. I think that I would work say, wonders. I will say I feel like Andre Ruby does have one superpower, which is to wither someone with a look. Mm, yeah. Because, uh, because she definitely has her judgment honed. <laughs> she has yeah. that judgmental look honed to a T. So. That, that's the superpower if there ever was one. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I'm always curious. I've, I've interviewed people that have, have maybe uh, written for shows or worked on shows in, for Marvel in the past. Uh, so they always have their own kind of stories about uh, maybe snagging something from the set, bringing something home. Were you able to snag anything from Miss Marvel? Do you have a keepsake or anything like that? You no, know, you- the only keepsakes I have were gifts from mm. other cast members, which are so special to me. So I have a tumbler from Iman and I have a sweatshirt from Adil and Bilal, who, who uh, directed two of the episodes. I have a little uh, a bottle opener from Rish. I have this lovely... Um, sort of like soul card from uh, from Alicia, who plays um, Agent Deaver. Um, little things like that, and then of course you know all the photos, like all the all the photos that we took together. Um, but this, I know what. As much as I would have loved to, because again, Andre Ruby's got style. I did not actually snag something from the set this time. I think I just I had to leave something to aspire to if we ever mm. get a season two. So maybe. Maybe if that happens, then I'll I'll do a little bit of uh, looking around. I did eat my body weight in samosas at that wedding <laughs> when we were shooting it, so nice. I think that counts. That's what I walked away. Absolutely. I walked away with five extra pounds. That was my. That's what I walked away with. Yeah, that was your uh, that was your gift you got from that the show for gift. sure. My gift and- was a, a little extra of me to love. <laughs> there you go, and you know if you get a season two, you, you got a, you got another gift coming, I'm sure. So that's oh, I hope uh, exciting. So. I mean, season two would be a great gift. That alone. That's true. Uh, all right. Last question before I get you out of here. Um, I always want to know uh, what MCU or Marvel project is, is maybe your favorite. You can't say Miss Marvel, but I'm always curious because you've worked on Miss Marvel. You obviously have a very special attachment to that. But if you had to pick something else, do you have a favorite? I don't think I can, to be honest with you. First of all, it's like picking your favorite child. Like you can't, right. they're all beautiful for a reason. Um I, I, yeah, I don't, I really don't think I can. I mean, obviously Infinity War into Endgame, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's like, it's like the Odyssey or the Iliad. Like there's an epic nature to it that, that sets it apart from, from all of the other pieces. But, but each one of the other stories has such a particular way of, the, of storytelling, a particular theme, a particular vibe to it that uh that every time i think oh that one's the best and then i'm like oh no but that one oh no but that one oh no but that one um the, yeah they're all so 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 different and so special in in their own unique ways i i will say watching wandavision as the first show that sort of set off this phase mm-hmm. uh, on disney plus was an extraordinary experience because the second you turned it on you knew this is not this is not what we're used to. This is something brand new. This is something bigger. This is something different. This is something artistically different than what we've seen. And I think the, um, you know, Elizabeth Olsen's ability to, to convey the many different complexities of grief, which she also did on her, on her other show, Sorry for Your Loss. um, It's just such a wonderful story 
it's a it's a beautiful story just in and of itself like this beautiful little little keepsake box that then is woven into the entire mythology of the MCU so the experience of watching that I, just because it was all brand new and, mm-hmm. and all the Disney plus stuff was so brand new I think that was definitely uh, one of the most powerful experiences that I that I had well you came to the right podcast because I, I stand the WandaVision era that is like yeah. my favorite thing favorite experience I mean people were so hyped about that I've like 25 WandaVision pops. I just cannot get enough WandaVision. Well, and, and just the willingness of them. I mean, I, the, the words take a risk, uh, you mm-hmm. know, to take a risk are, are thrown around there. But I, I don't think people quite understand that the risk of telling a story in such a different way over the course of several episodes, obviously you are risking losing people along the way if they aren't willing to sit through the story to find it out. And I, I love so much that they didn't, they didn't pander down mm-hmm. to our sophistication as viewers. Instead, the bar was high and we had to meet it as viewers with our sense of, of imagination and interest and focus and, and, and just figuring things out. And I love it so much when it is as much an exercise for us. I mean, not an exercise, but as much a challenge for us to stay with the story and figure out a, a story as it is for them to tell it. Because then I feel like it's a very, um, it's, there's a give and take, there's a synergy between the audience and the storytellers that is, that is unlike anything else. You experience it in the theater because you're right there, but they really pulled that off with WandaVision. Yeah, they did. And, and I'll make it full circle for you and, and say, I think Miss Marvel is doing the same from the start, from episode one, just including uh, the culture of Kamala and the aunties and everybody and that family and um, not, not directly telling us, right? Like this word means that, or this is uh, like the gin we get from episode one. I didn't know what that was until it was explained to me later on, but I kept with the story and, and, I, and it paid off, right? So I think Miss Marvel is definitely following in suit for that. So the Miss Marvel uh, era is something we're all living right now. It's wonderful. It's pretty special. I'm not, and also I love, I love storytelling when it intrigues you enough that you leave the experience of hearing that story and want to learn more somewhere else. That's the best way I think to introduce people to things is not to hammer them over the head with a lesson or with, you know, this is what this culture is like. This is what this religion, this is what this person, this is what this demographic is like, but just intrigue you enough to say, oh, cool. I want to learn more about that. Let me ask someone. Let me talk to someone. Let me look it up. Let me read a book that then that permeates our being and that makes us more curious about other people which is something that i think we all need to be doing more of right now because it builds empathy it builds connection builds understanding um it's a it's a really important part of society I think. yeah storytelling at its finest uh anjali thank you so much for coming on the pod and chatting with me Obviously, you're in Miss Marvel, so everybody should go watch Miss Marvel. Do you have anything else going on? Do you have anything to promote right now? I do. I do. I mean, I have a bunch of stuff that I can't tell you about or I'd have to kill you. So uh, sure. that will be coming out eventually online. But I do. I have a book that's coming out in August, which I'm very excited about, called I Am Fun Size and So Are You. And uh, we're going to be publishing that on August 29th online. Um, I could not be more excited about sharing this with the world. It's stories from my life and lessons from my life, good and bad, embarrassing moments, fun moments. Um, but uh, basically it's a book that's there to remind people that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. You're, you're unique, absolutely unique, but you are not alone. And, uh, and, and encouraging people to take care of each other. 
Ah, I love that. I'm very excited. August 29th. Uh, be sure to go get your copy. I will definitely get my first edition copy. Uh, very exciting. Anjali, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank Can't wait to have you. you back in the future, maybe. I Hey, well, you know, we got to find, we got to do the wrap up. I want to hear what you think when the, when the show is over. Absolutely. We'll book it. All right. Take <laughs> thank care. You. What an absolute blast to get to talk to Anjali Bamani herself of Miss Marvel. Such a fun conversation. She is just so lovely, and it's always a treat to find another WandaVision stand out there in the universe. The WandaVision era just lives on and on and on with something truly, truly special. Hit me up on Twitter at 15 Minute Marvel with any Miss Marvel thoughts or Marvel thoughts or anything at all. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any major podcast platform. A huge shout out to the patrons of the show, Brandon Clark. Alan Cole Peacock, Corelia Christina, TJ Zwarich, Jessica, and Carlos Freitas. Thank you all so much for your support of the podcast. I will see you back here next time. I'm Ethan Simi, and remember, always go higher, further, and faster.